Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. Today we're going to talk about our favorite topic ever. Your cat? Ooh, okay. We're going to talk about our second favorite topic ever. Getting your period. Oh. Uh-uh. Yeah, Brittany, your period. Getting your, it's not your favorite topic ever. Your yes, my period is my most favorite and beloved time of the month. Wow. <laughs> you make it sound fancy. It's not so horrifying. Oh, my goodness. Try to referring it to like, oh, my period? You mean my period? Uh, my period. My period. <laughs> Is that like a pompous renaissance woman? I like it. <laughs> That's not so scary when it sounds fancy, right? <laughs> it's everything that I want to look forward to. Well, if you like looking forward to symptoms such as brain fog, so thick it could crash an airplane. <laughs> you, get on a, you get on an airplane from like New York to San Francisco. Her brain fog like, is crashing the plane. Like, I'm sorry, passenger in seat 79B. We'll need you to get off the plane because your brain fog is literally... It's so heavy, it's weighing us down. <laughs> it's crowding our monitors. We're no longer able... <laughs> it would be great if on planes they had like period seats where you're like, I have to stretch my legs because my hips and my legs are burning so much from my period that I have to be able to like stretch my legs out. That'd be great. But it also has to be next to the bathroom because I'm oh, going to go obviously. pee like Or have my like, period times. diarrhea 25 times. So yeah, that'd be great. You know, like... You know, special seats for people who need accessibility. Well, what about people on their periods? I would like that. You mean on my period? My period. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have to pee a lot because I'm on my period. I'm not as good as you. I don't know what accent it is, but we like it. (laughs) Makes us feel better about it. The impending doom. (laughs) And the best thing about being on the airplane is that when the red floodgates open and you get those excruciating (laughs) menstrual cramps, you can just hit the call button like, bing. I need like, assistance, please. Clean up on aisle 79. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my sweat, tears, blood, and vomit and diarrhea are everywhere, but <laughs> I'll tip you. Don't worry. Yeah, big tip. It's okay. <laughs> this sounds like it's from personal experience. Do you take dragon teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Do you let me pay you in tears? <laughs> in plenty. Oh my God. <laughs> so sad. So true. I mean, for many endo sufferers and for people who don't have endo, but for people who experience periods, it's literally the worst time of the month. You mean periods. Periods. <laughs> so proper. <laughs> Sorry to anybody that has an accent remotely like that. We are not <laughs> mocking you. We made that accent up just now. <laughs> I thought we were from the Renaissance. Yes, but where in the world from the Renaissance? <laughs> the Renaissance. <laughs> to be to be unknown. <laughs> TBD. We'll figure it out later. Wherever Red Dragon was born. (laughs) In hell. (laughs) So speaking of hell, 
Today's episode is about how to make your period a little, well, feel a little less hellish. Well, first, we want to start with some ideas about the physical side of things, which is, you know, the most fun part, and then move more onto the emotional and the feeling side of things. For me, I think that one of the worst things about, scratch that, the worst thing about my period is definitely the intense level of pain that I'm in during my period. I would describe it as the break my back, burning, writhe in pain, moaning, make you vomit, make you go to the ER, make you gotta poo, and by the way, that hurts. Oh, that's why we call it knife poo. (laughs) (laughs) And makes you scream, screaming in pain. So I know we keep saying that it's painful, but it's not that painful, right? I mean, yeah, you're so right. It's that we're just not tough enough. Well, Brittany, I mean, I think that you're tough. I think the real issue is that it's just all in your head. Wow, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Your pain isn't real, Brittany. (laughs) Wow, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Maybe from all of my friends, my family, my doctors. I'm sure you listening have also heard that comment that it can't be that bad. It's all in your head. That's not real. Every person experiences menstrual pain. I'm sure that you've heard comments like that. And it's absolutely awful that comments like that are said to us because they're not fair. They're not compassionate. And the pain absolutely is that bad. And it can be that bad. The pain can be absolutely brutal. And it's something that we just have to survive. Surviving that kind of pain is the hardest thing that I do every single month. It's the hardest thing that I do in my life. And that's why this first thing that we want to talk about is pain management, because it's just so crucial to having a better experience on our period. Personally, I've tried all kinds of painkillers for that kind of pain, and only one kind of painkiller worked. So we wanted to point out that there are different kinds of painkillers, because if we are not aware of that, then we could be trying a painkiller and that painkiller doesn't work. And we might think that nothing is going to work for our period pain. And that may not be the case. For the painkillers, we have your non-opioids. These are things like Tylenol, Midol, Paracetamol. (laughs) Sorry, let's just laugh a minute at Midol. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Like that's going to do anything. (laughs) Midol is something sold in the U.S. that's like for your period to help with your... It's got like acetaminophen and caffeine or something. And I'm sure that it is a lifesaver for so many people. But it's who just... have level one cramps. <laughs> I'm sure it's so Ugh. useful for so many people, but it's just laughable. I remember for... in my first period <laughs> being given that, like, babe. oh, here's some Midol. It will help your cramps. I remember taking it being like, is this like a sugar pill? And then all of my, like, <laughs> high school friends were like, oh, my gosh, we swear by Midol. And I was like, I must be broken. Turns out <laughs> my level was not their level. <laughs> Okay, then you have your opioids, which are things like Vicodin, Tramadol, Codeine, Morphine. And then you have your compound painkillers, which are a mix of two types of painkillers. And then you have your NSAIDs. Oh, Oh, hallelujah. 
<laughs> Thank you, NSAIDs. <laughs> Thank you, anti-inflammatories. So NSAIDs, you probably you may have seen this, but it looks like N-S-A-I-D-S, and they're actually non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And these are things like ibuprofen, naproxen, brand names in the U.S. like Aleve, Advil. Obviously, there are different names in different countries for all of these medicines. So to summarize, the four different types of categories of painkillers are the non-opioids, the opioids, the compound, and the NSAID. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) That anti-inflammatory angel. (laughs) And I think this really highlights that the type of painkill you take matters because every class and category and even down to the exact pill and chemical composition of the pill does something different in your body. So if you have a specific type of pain, you need to treat it with a painkiller that addresses that specific mechanism of pain. Working with your doctor to find a medication, prescription, or over-the-counter that works for you is a really great place to start. And if you find one that works for you, that's awesome. Just make sure you're sticking to taking the proper dosage. Don't mix and match because that can make it worse. And make sure that you're checking back in with your doctor about your medication, particularly if you're on something that's prescribed in high dosage. This is assuming that you've gotten over the first hurdle of getting the doctor to actually believe that your period is painful. Yes, and that you're not just drug-seeking. Which highlights, again, as always, the importance of working with an endometriosis specialist. So like I mentioned before, I have tried so many types of painkillers, like every single one it's that like I... rainbow skittles, <laughs> like the amount of Every single one that I previously tried. mentioned yeah. for the painkiller types. Two very different reactions for everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, only one of them worked. A lot of the opioid painkillers, all they did was give me really bad mood swings, oh, Side headaches. effects are awful. And then, you know, like I said, the, the non-opioid painkillers, I mean, that was like popping a breath mint. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, I mean, accurate, yeah. (laughs) It probably would have been better if I popped a breath mint because... (laughs) Would have actually done something for you. (laughs) Then I would have actually got fresh breath. There would have been a benefit. (laughs) Which is something that I probably really desperately need when I'm on my period because I tend to throw up. after the vomiting, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That, that, like, really acidy taste in my mouth. So the only one that worked for me was prescription naproxen. And naproxen is in the NSAID category. I think a lot of people with endo find that this category of painkillers is the one that actually helps them with their pain. So the reason why NSAIDs work for so many people comes down to the prostaglandins. The prostaglandins. The prostaglandins. The prostaglandins. (laughs) The prostaglandins. Oh, wow. (laughs) We took a hard left. (laughs) You guys have heard us talk about the prostaglandins. But the reason why the NSAIDs are effective is because... You have prostaglandins on your period. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) Well, what the NSAID does is actually block the production of the prostaglandin. And the prostaglandin does two different things. It signals pain in the body rude. And it also is involved in the process of inflammation. So by blocking the production of those prostaglandins, there's less inflammation and less signal of pain. And we all know endometriosis loves inflammation. Oh, of course it does. It thrives on it. But then the NSAID gets in there and there it's like, ha, I'm going to stop that from happening. Block the prostaglandins. You're like, oh, sweet relief. (laughs) Less inflammation equals less pain. Thank you. 
Now, if no painkillers work for you or you get to the point where you cannot take them like I did, thank you, side effects of naproxen. A round of applause for gastritis. <laughs> Thanks, gastritis. <laughs> Yay, prostaglandins. Prostaglandins. Well, those good old prostaglandins that are evil in the process of our pain are actually really helpful in protecting your stomach lining. So when we take NSAIDs to help against that pain caused by the prostaglandins, then at the same time, we can be damaging our stomach lining, which needs the prostaglandins (laughs) (laughs) in order to help protect our stomach. So sometimes when you take NSAIDs, you can get side effects like ulcers. Gastritis, our favorite. Woohoo! Digestive upset. A personal favorite. Gut dysbiosis. So in my case, after taking NSAIDs for over a decade, I got really bad side effects. And I had to stop taking them because of the di- all the digestive upset. And then I worked with my doctor to try the other different kind of painkillers, but they did diddly squats. Which I just thought would have been really fun to say. Yeah, I mean, like, as soon as you were saying that, I was like, I wish I could have said diddly squat. <laughs> I just got to say it. <laughs> Everybody, if you need a giggle right now, on the count of three, say diddly squat. It'll make you giggle. Ready? One, two, three. Diddly, diddly squat. squat. <laughs> all, of, all of us around the world just said diddly squat at the same time. It was a magical moment, okay? <laughs> Thanks for joining me. That made me really happy. <laughs> So since my painkillers did, go ahead, Brittany, diddly squat, <laughs> then I had to learn other ways to try to manage my pain. So I looked into high-dose fish oils and turmeric and Chinese herbs and acupuncture and, of course, diet change and CBD oil. And each of those things have worked for different people. So some of those things have worked for some people and not for other people. In my own case, I didn't try CBD oil. Meditation has helped me with the experience of the pain. It has helped me feel less afraid of the pain and have less trauma around the pain. The fish oils, high-dose fish oils, very expensive ones that I bought did. Go ahead, Brittany. Diddly squat. The turmeric did. Diddly squat. The diet change did. Diddly squat for the pain, but helped other things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did I win? Yes, she knows me very well. <laughs> I do. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, sometimes people use supplements. So I started taking magnesium, and that really helps with the leg pain, but oh, did not pain. help with the raging period back cramps. And finally, acupuncture and Chinese herbs did help with the pain. It didn't take away the pain completely, but... It definitely improved the experience of the pain. So instead of having that screaming, writhing pain for five hours, I had that screaming, writhing pain for about one to two hours. So definitely shortened the length, which I was very, very, very happy for. And so was my boyfriend. And everyone around you. (laughs) Because Amy kind of looks like she's possessed by a demon when she's experiencing period pain. She does a lot of writhing, you know, a little bit of twitching, a whole lot of moaning, shaking, screaming, 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 vomiting. You know, I mean, (laughs) it's a little demonic. It's a little 
possession-y. Can you imagine what they would have thought if this were the Middle Ages and they saw me on the street just like twitching and vomiting and writhing? She's trying to be taken over by her familiar. She's a witch. She's a witch. They're taking over her from the spirit world. The (laughs) devil is communing with her. Yeah. Middle Ages were rough for women. (laughs) Or it could look like you need an exorcism. (laughs) Oh, well, I tried that, Brittany. Oh, yeah. Didn't go well. Yeah, actually, once I could no longer take the painkillers, I was like, maybe if I got a priest. And then I had these really high hopes that he would summon my endometriosis. No, you mean endimontriosis. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hello, oh, you're on your period and you need your endomontriosis. We need to banish him from you. (laughs) To a far off land called cis men. (laughs) Let's give them a period for the next, (laughs) to that next eternity. Remember, Middle Ages people. (laughs) They were awful to women in the Middle Ages, seriously. Did you know that they used to take women who were in pain, with who were probably having symptoms of endometriosis, and they would hang them upside down from a ladder tied up, and then they would vigorously shake them. Yeah, that was so the uterus would go back to where it's supposed to be because, you know, it wanders our bodies, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what they thought. (laughs) The answer is, "Eh, that's not real. But they thought that was totally real. They thought that the uterus wandered the body. And so if there was a disorder, it meant the uterus had left where it was supposed to be. So if you vigorously shake someone, it'll go back to where it belongs. Tied up, upside down, hanging from a ladder. At least they knew about gravity. Uh Was a ladder bad luck at that time? I don't they know were what the, the connotation they were was. So. <laughs> so you could try an exorcism. Again, that didn't work for me. But, I mean, you never know. <laughs> could work for someone. Definitely consult your doctor before getting an exorcism. And a priest. <laughs> <laughs> or multiple doctors and multiple priests. <laughs> Jeez. So the next thing that we want to talk about is adjusting your diet during your period or the days leading up to it or surrounding your period. So some people find that when they cut out things like dairy or added sugar or gluten or all three, their period pain actually lessens. And that's because these foods can trigger inflammatory responses in some people. So some people have found some relief by cutting out those triggering foods. All comes back to the inflammation. Oh, the period. <laughs> we always stop at inflammation station. Inflammation. <laughs> Too bad there's no R in inflammation. Inflammation. Oh, whoa, just adding letters in there. <laughs> Being very fancy today. I like this like throwback spooky episode to Halloween. <laughs> we've mentioned witchcraft. We've mentioned exorcism. I miss Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. <laughs> next year, Brittany, next year. Oh, good thing it happens next every year. Next year for Halloween, you could be a strangled uterus. I had my period during Halloween, so like I was. <laughs> and I was possessed by a demon during this Halloween, this last Halloween. I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> you just go out on Halloween, but you're on your period, so you're like, Blood Moaning, dripping down your legs, blood, screaming. Like, wow, you had a... That's a great costume. <laughs> it looks really real. It is really <laughs> real. Real. <laughs> that was vampiric. Wow. <laughs> this is a real Halloween episode in December. <laughs> oh, shame we didn't air it on Halloween. Well, go back next Halloween and listen to this episode. Yes, yes, please. 
Okay, back to the inflammation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no. (laughs) You were talking about the gluten, the dairy. The the inflammation response. Sugar. Wow. (laughs) You're just going for it. (laughs) For some people, cutting out those foods, either entirely or nearing their period, can actually help with the pain when the period comes. Of course, that's not the case for every person and every body. That definitely, definitely is not the case for me. No one's surprised. Yep. (laughs) Unfortunately, in spite of being gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, all the frees, free-spirited too, and I have free will. Wow, and we went down the rabbit hole. (laughs) And she's freely insane. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why they tied me up and hung me from a ladder and shook me vigorously. Yeah, I ordered the exorcism. I get it. (laughs) But yeah, these changes in my diet, although they have helped me in so many ways with my fatigue and my day-to-day symptoms and the nausea and the diarrhea, I mean... Really, diet has turned my life around, but it has never, ever, oh, wow. <laughs> it's never, ever lessened my pain on my period. It's never. <laughs> the haunting period. <laughs> I feel like I'm being haunted right now. We are. By the ghosts of periods past. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, it is. it has never lessened the pain of my period. And that has been a point of contempt and frustration and a little bit of bitterness. <laughs> I tried to put the R in the middle, but it's in it. There's already an R in bitterness. in the middle, so it's re- bitterness. I got it, I got it. <laughs> I feel like I'm black. Someone save me. <laughs> it's because talking about periods, I feel so traumatic a little bit. It's like brought back all these terrible memories of all my periods and like screaming in the pain. Yeah, the ghosts and, of periods and, past. And They're crawling, haunting us. Crawling down the sidewalk sometimes. So we just have to make it really like, but the word period in the regular pronunciation, not in the fun one. I don't know. It's just like, it feels somewhat traumatic. Hence the word periods. Less traumatic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also want to say that every person's body is different. And while some people have found that diet changes affect their pain, Some people haven't, like Amy, and you shouldn't feel bad or feel down on yourself or disappointed or or ashamed or embarrassed that your diet changes haven't affected your pain because every body is different. However, those diet changes can affect other parts of your experience with your period. Like Amy was mentioning her fatigue, her diarrhea, the other adjacent pain. Eliminating those things can be really worth it. So Even if the diet changes don't affect your pain or you're not sure if they will or you think they won't, it's still worth trying it because you don't know what benefit could come from it until you give it a shot. And it's not easy to give it a shot, but oftentimes there's really good results, even if pain happens to not be one of them. So what did help me, although I didn't realize this till like after having my period for over a decade, but anywho... What really helped me was how much I ate in the days leading up to my period and then on my period and also exactly what I ate during my period. So I think a lot of us are really familiar with that pre-period constipation. Just love when the poo gets stuck inside you. Because everything's not painful already enough (laughs) and we need that to happen too. So for me, I thought I found it's 
was very helpful to have a lot of smoothies, to have a lot of soups, to have a lot of things that have a high water Liquid content. Based. <laughs> things that have already been pre-digested in my juicer, in my food processor. So getting those soups and smoothies in, it, it did help somewhat with the constipation and somewhat with the bloating because I wasn't having to like digest all these starchy foods or more oh, difficult. Starchy foods are the oh, actual yeah. devil. Potatoes, <laughs> sorry. It's going to sit like a potato in your intestine. <laughs> like nobody wants that. <laughs> no. and No, 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 no. I think for me, it's just really hard to eat when I'm having my period. Preach. Yeah, like before it, right before it comes and during it and even sometimes after, my appetite is like shot. It's zero. I am so nauseous. I have preach. a really, really high level of <laughs> I mean, nausea. Preach. Oh, wow. That's much better. <laughs> it's like morning sickness to the nth degree, but like for like two weeks. I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> so for me, the sight of food sometimes is enough to like turn my stomach and have me reaching for my ginger. Chug it. I feel like eating nothing. All foods disgust me. Everything seems gross. The thought of putting any kind of food in my mouth is just repulses me. So figuring out the types of foods that I can actually like stomach, whether that be veggie stock or some very like mashed up apples, like something that's very bland that I can at least get liquid and some kind of nutrient content into my body. It's a struggle, but I found a couple of foods that work for me. Me too. It's bone broth and apples diced up with cinnamon on them. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was for a time into eating mandarins, which felt really easy to like go down and come up. <laughs> but yeah, but well, the problem was then like I throw up from the pain of my period, which is wonderful, by the yeah, way. It's what just a like an added layer into the period. It's coming out both ends, as they say. <laughs> Literally. On the toilet with the buckets. Thank you. But, you know, then it also for me became a struggle of just like what can go down really easy because I have no appetite. But then also what when I later puke it up isn't going to be like horrifying to puke up. Or with the mandarins, when I threw it up, I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad because it's just like was like throwing up mandarin oranges. But then. Oh, my God, the acid and the oh, burn citrus. in my esophagus. And then literally it hurt to breathe because it was all like burned feeling. And that happened for two days. And then I lost my voice. It was a mess. Eating is a struggle. A real hardcore struggle. Away from the period. Intensified by the period. Eating is hard. I think just figuring out what feels appealing to you and then at the same time just trying to put like this is a really hard time for our bodies. You know, we're on our periods. We are bleeding. We are pooing. Some of us are vomiting. Some of us, because of the pooing and the vomiting, we're getting dehydrated. It's a hard time for our bodies. So I think too is just like looking at, okay, what can I eat to make sure that I'm still getting proper nutrition during these times so that I'm still getting energy from my body so that my body has the building blocks to, to go back in and, and recover after going through all of this really intense pain and trauma. Yeah, when everything seems gross and everything's coming out of every orifice you have, making those nutrients count is really important. 
That's what the priest told me during my exorcism. I'm sure he did, yeah. <laughs> Have a little side of holy water with this bone broth. <laughs> he recommended holy basil. Oh, holy basil. <laughs> was it, like, sanctified by the church first? Like, how, how was there holes in it or was it holy? Because <laughs> I don't know which one you're going with. <laughs> with all these experiences of feeling really ill, that brings a lot of emotion with it as well. And as Amy's mentioned, there's trauma surrounding the word period. And You mean period. No, there's trauma surrounding the word period. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I made a mistake. That's right. That's Don't why make we that replaced... word dramatic, too. You're correct. That's why I replaced that word that with you just period. said. With period. Yes. I'm really good at that accent, you are. by the way. It's because I speak Spanish. I can really roll the R. You've got the R going. <laughs> You're quite good. Yes. Um. So there's a lot of emotions that are tied on to that. So we want to now talk about some of the emotional side because often the emotional and physical go hand in hand. So one of our first ideas is don't be afraid to ask for help. That's a hard one for some of us, I'm sure. Oh, that was really, that one is really hard for me. I, I feel like sometimes when we ask for help, we it's like we feel like we're weak. Or we can't hack it, or we're not enough. But that's not what asking for help means. Yeah, nobody is a super person, so you can't be expected to achieve everything in this world with or without Endo. Nobody is a superhero and can do every single little thing and also take care of themselves 100%. It's just not possible. There's nothing shameful in asking for help, and there's nothing embarrassing in leaning on each other. Well, you know, many of the people in our lives, like our partners or our friends or our coworkers, are actually really happy to help if you just ask them. A lot of them like to feel helpful and feel like they're supporting you because you're likely supporting them in other ways. So when you ask for help, usually it's met with, of course, I'll help you. But it is scary to be vulnerable and make that first ask. Yeah, to open up like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I know my own case, I was kind of forced to ask for help just because things got so bad for me in the months leading up to the, before my excision surgery. And basically when my period came, like I became incapacitated and in the worst moments, it hurt to breathe. So if something happened, like, I don't know, let's say the my precious cat knocked, like she <laughs> knocked something, cat. she knocked something over. Oh, but she's still precious. <laughs> she's so cute. But let's say that she knocked something over or let's say that I wanted my food reheated or, you know, I, I, I needed a back rub, whatever. Then I would ask my partner if, if he was there. And I, so it fell on him and he was happy to help me because, I mean, if I can barely get to the toilet, if I'm walking hunched over, moaning, like sobbing, then he's like, oh, no, honey, I, I can't do the dishes. You go ahead and do them. It's like, <laughs> like um, Also, um, if somebody does that to you, like, what time are we breaking up? <laughs> yeah, reconsider um, that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's happy to support you because that's what you do in a relationship. And in other things, you support him. This isn't any different than somebody getting a one-time illness or something happening to them. Or someone having the, like, think about if the your flu. partner has the yeah. yeah. You know, and then you take care of them and warm up their soup. Yeah. And support goes both ways. It's That's all it is. Well, and I like what you said about people are happy to help you because I know that my period is a come. And then I w when I was able to go to work, but the thing is still, I was in a lot of pain, but we work in an office, we sit down all day and, you know, my product is my mind because I'm answering emails and doing, data, as much body. <laughs> doing data entry. So it's like, it's, it's quote unquote easier to, to sit there, even though I'm in like a lot of pain or I, 
basically if I sit still, I'm not in so much pain and I'm just typing my fingers. But then I would need things like I would need to go to the copy machine or I would really want to have my water bottle filled up, which I drink all of it. Which I fill up all the time for her. (laughs) Well, and at first I was I was like I felt mortified to ask someone because how do you ask someone like, oh, hey, can you go to the copy machine? That's just this basic task that's two feet away. Yeah. Yeah. How far is away? I don't know. Maybe like a 20 second walk or Mm -hmm. something. And I felt so embarrassed. So then I would still try to do it myself. And I mean, you remember, right? I would like hunched over, slow. I was trying to be as straight up as I could, but it was impossible. impossible. You know, so I'm like slightly like hunched over and like so slow. Like literally people walk laps around you if they wanted. You know, people were getting like annoyed because the hallway's kind of narrow. narrow. And then I was, I would try to walk against the wall and then people go behind me and go beep, beep. And not can, meaning to be mean, but exactly, yeah. but but highlighting the fact that I'm going so. What are you slow. like? Hurry! <laughs> yeah, up. everyone's in a rush. They're all like, trying to get to meetings or go to their mm-hmm. lunch or like pick their kids up from school. <laughs> and then so I just realized, no, it's better if I ask for help because I'll draw less attention to myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want my superiors to see me walking like that and be yeah. like, "Can you work?" And I'm like, "Yes, are I you can dying?" Work my brain is Fine. working. It's yeah. just like my physical body is like I'm all screwed up. Yep. So I just decided, okay, let me let me just let me just ask a coworker for help. I remember when you asked me to fill up your water bottle, the amount of times you apologized. <laughs> but, I am so sorry. Like, I'm sorry you- to ask this, but would you mind and, and it's okay if you don't want to, would you mind getting me water? I'm like, yeah, it's like around the corner. Of course I'll fill up your water bottle. Like for me it was like no duh, but you were you were scared to ask because one, you had to explain a little bit about why you needed me to fill up the water bottle. This was before we were BFFs. And then uh, you know, was you there had to ever be vulnerable. A time when we were I know, right? BFFs? I feel like it was like the second day we met. Wow. We're like, all right, we're friends forever. But you know, you had to be vulnerable. And that's why asking for help is scary because you have to be vulnerable. And it is a little bit like a fear of rejection that someone's going to say no. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. They said no, they wouldn't help me. You know what? So, if they say no, here was my yeah, bye. <laughs> Sorry, you couldn't be a decent human being and go get my photocopy from it's the not like i'm asking machine. you to go down the road and pick me up x y and z and then go drop my kids off at school and then cut, like i'm not um, asking you to you put your world pharmacy aside and then i, I take this anal suppository if you <laughs> can, can actually insert it please like, could you meet me in the bathroom in the lower level bathroom in the last stall bring, bring latex gloves oh, i'm allergic to latex so, so get the other ones <laughs> oh and and i'm not gonna give you money for this pay for it yourself yeah no that's not what you're asking so it's not that big of a deal, but it's, so I should delete that email I sent you yeah, earlier. <laughs> I mean, we're a little bit different. Um, I mean, post surgery, I've had to do things that I never thought I would have to do, but that's a little different. But the average person is actually more than willing to help, especially if you look like you don't feel well and you're asking very kindly. Are you usually like, of course I'll help you. I don't think anybody has ever even joked about saying no when you've asked them for assistance. So it's not that scary, but the first one is definitely the scariest. I think it helps too if you joke mm-hmm. about it. I realized, oh, when Brittany's in meetings or not here, I need a backup Brittany. <laughs> Brittany's not here. Who's oh, my Brittany? <laughs> oh my gosh, Brittany's not here. My life is falling apart. So I asked I like this you. really nice guy who, he's this really nice guy at work. He sits very close to my desk. And I figured, okay, I don't ask him every 10 seconds, go get this copy. You know, you wait and you like accumulate things to yeah. print and then you print Do it, it in all. bulk. Exactly. And I asked him and he was so nice. And the day went by, maybe he did like three or four tasks for me, like big deal. 
And then at the end of the day, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to tell HR to put in a promotion for you to be my executive <laughs> assistant. I'm nobody, by the way. Like, it's not like I'm like the VP. So or fancy the person. No, yeah. I'm just like a regular old office. Oh, I don't want to say Jerome, but I feel like they used to be called that. Like, yeah. just a regular old office worker. Yeah, so I joke with him, like, oh, yeah, we should make you executive assistant. We'll get you, like, a little badge, you know? <laughs> you know? And then that just, just makes people laugh. It exactly. diffuses the tension. Or, yeah, things just lighten the mood. And humor is relatable for most people. So it, oh, yeah. it feels more, like, <laughs> common and more relational to, to share a joke or a laugh over something. So humor usually helps with those situations, for sure. It's okay to ask for help during this time if you need it. There's no reason to let shame hold you back. Don't be like me in the office doing the actual shuffle of like the walk of shame, but like the shuffle. The shuffle of shame. <laughs> the hunch. <laughs> the hunch of shame. <laughs> wow, just, just throwing it in there. <laughs> yeah, there's an R in the word shame, weren't you? Where? Oh, okay. My spelling didn't teach me that. <laughs> okay. God, where did you even go to school, Brittany? <laughs> I have a very decent education. <laughs> Our next idea is saving up some of your favorite things to do only during your period. My favorite things during my period. Oh, my. (laughs) Is that accent. (laughs) I mean, our periods are so, like, dreadful. Dreadful and bleak and horrible and draining. And they're not something to look forward to, even if they're our favorite time of the month. Just kidding. They're not something to look forward to. But if you fill some of that time with your favorite things, then you can look forward to those things. Yeah, I think it can make it less miserable, dreadful, exhausting. Less doom. Yeah, less (laughs) horrific. Yeah, that's true, because normally when I get my period, I spend about, mm, I would say about two days straight just in bed, (laughs) unable to really get out of bed. We're looking at about mm, 16 hours of good old Netflix. (laughs) What did people do before Netflix existed? Like TV? What is TV? (laughs) I remember when I had my first laparoscopy when I was 17 or 18, somewhere in there. But I was, when was this? This was in like 2000, I'm going to estimate here. maybe Early 2000s? Yeah, 2003, 2004. And I remember being home and just having daytime TV. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the soap operas and the game shows. Like Netflix was, uh, maybe it didn't exist or it was still just where you had like Very DVDs baby. Yeah. and then you would mail the Come DVDs the back mail. and forth. There was not internet options then. And I remember just being at home, just being bored. Oh, gosh. Out of my mind. Putting and, in some DVDs. And now <laughs> when my period comes because, so what I do is I get my watch list, my, my list or whatever ready. And then usually it's, I find it quite good to do like binge watching TV shows because you could just keep absorbing them and just watching and watching. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, seven hours went by. <laughs> that was a quick seven and hours I of really emotional know torment. How Johnny's going to treat <laughs> Jessica or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's like really nice. So what I do is I have some favorite shows, Grace Anatomy, <laughs> which Brittany hates. What? She is a fan. It's I okay. I love Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> season what? Like six, we have very different Netflix Season days. 15 is like never ending. But thank God because I'm still getting my period. So... <laughs> I need to watch so they got to keep it. making Grey's Anatomy <laughs> until our period goes away. So, so I, I don't watch it all month. So I have like three or four. Ep- and then my period comes. I'm like, I will binge watch three or four episodes. So, yeah, I just try to save my favorite shows for when my period comes. That's a really good idea. And I do that as well. Our favorite movie. I'll like only watch it during that time. But I also really like to listen to audiobooks. So what I do is I wait. And I listen to the audio of the book only during my period so that I can kind of savor it a little bit. 
But I really like doing that because I can lay in my bed. My bed's very comfortable. <laughs> and because my TV's in the living room, so I can lay in my bed and I can listen to the audiobook. And it's really nice to like curl up and maybe like light my favorite candle or do something else nice. And then it's just like a little time to just do something that's really enjoyable during a time that's really not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Or if you have a favorite like you said, candle or aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. So maybe you only put on your favorite smell during your oh, period yeah. or maybe... We love diffusers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know I have a favorite food. I love pho. And I almost never eat in restaurants. And so I save my favorite pho restaurant to have one on my period because I already feel like crap and I don't want to cook anything and it's really impossible. So I wait and I get takeout which is soup, which is easier easily to digestible easily food. To eat. <laughs> yeah. And then honestly, sometimes I'm just like, ooh, not like I can't wait till my period comes because I literally, I, I don't want it to come. But I'm like, ooh. That means I get pho. <laughs> tomorrow I get to eat pho. <laughs> Be fair. Okay. <laughs> well, and since you mentioned your bed, our next idea is to make your surroundings really comfortable and nice and relaxing and comfortable. <laughs> There's no R there. <laughs> there was an R, and you didn't roll it on the R. You just added <laughs> one in there. Is there an R in comfortable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my life with Amy. I should have my own podcast called Life with Amy, and it's all the things Amy does. <laughs> comfortable. Yes, comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, for example, you can make your bed really comfortable. Silk sheets. Body pillow. <gasps> Gotta love me my, I don't know silk sheets, but I love me my body pillow. Yes. That's Which a really nice saved my life during the surgery. I oh love my, my body gosh. pillow. Some nice like fluffy blankets, like Ooh, really like soft. a nice soft throw or like a really fluffy comforter is really nice. Fluffy socks. Oh yeah. I bought you so many fluffy socks. <laughs> <laughs> my first gift to Amy, a three pack of cute animal face fuzzy socks. With pandas on them. Yes. And kitties. <laughs> I know her very well. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good one. I also like, uh, I got a lamp that I really like, and it's got like a lower kind of wattage, so it's very soothing light. Uh, it's not super oh, bright overhead light. That's nice. Mood lighting. Mm -hmm. I have a Himalayan salt lamp. Oh, yeah, that's Beautiful. Nice. Yeah, and then you could decorate your walls. Like recently I started putting up motivational sayings, so, which is so funny because I realized the other day like a light broke in my apartment. And so I asked the landlord to come repair it. And then I realized he came into the house and then it's like hanging on the wall. It basically says unbearable pain leads to incredible strength. And then <laughs> like, the, what? the next one is like, you will get through this. And then the, there's another one that says you're more than pain. And, like, and what is she doing? I made them so like on canvas with glitter. Yeah, yeah. You've made them yourself. I mean, yeah. seriously, they're they're so they're I love them. They're beautiful and they help me. And they because I'm made with the glitter, they like sparkle in my they are in the Himalayan salt <laughs> lamp. I'm like throwing up, and I'm like glitter tells the me sparkles this, though. The, yeah, that's like sparkle, sparkle. This pain will pass. Sparkle, like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. It will pass. <laughs> But it was it was so funny because I was an outsider. Like, like, oh. was, um, maybe he's kind of like, what? This is girl. What is what happening? happening in here? It's like things I've colored from coloring books all over the wall. <laughs> yeah, there are. He's like, um, this is a one person occupancy, but it appears you have a small little girl, a small child here. I was like, no, oh no, that's my the child is Red Dragon. <laughs> that's the inner Amy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> period amy she comes out once a month and she needs all of this support okay stop judging her but but yeah if you can just decorate 
if you're going to be in your bed the whole time, you know, what wall are you going to be staring at? Just where are you doing your period? Make it and, less depressing. <laughs> yeah, make it make it feel comforting and relaxing and beautiful. Our next idea is preparation. Be prepared. That should be your mantra. You are strong. Be prepared. <laughs> no matter what happens, be prepared. <laughs> I mean, I think we know that when debilitating pain strikes again, the absolute littlest things become impossible. Like just getting out of bed, that is a challenge equivalent to climbing Mount Everest. But there's no helicopter that you can call to come rescue you. Can people really do that? Can yeah, I just... when you climb Everest, you have a whole team and you have the helicopter. And I mean, I thought they just you have climbed. Base... No, you have base camp. There's helicopters there? Now that I think about <laughs> it, climbing Mount Everest is easier than being in debilitating pain. <laughs> All right, fair. Okay, because you got this Although, whole... a lot of people die climbing Mount Everest and you don't typically die from the pain. Now it's now it's a 50-50. I feel like it could be equal. <laughs> it can go both ways, Brittany. There are pluses and minuses. Okay. But Better least, oxygen back on Earth. But, but at least when you, know. you climb Mount Everest, you have a whole team behind you. And you get to accomplish something at the end. That's nice. Oh, I have a quick funny story. Well, we should be funny. I don't know what would be quick. But I, <laughs> <laughs> nothing with you is quick. <laughs> okay. So we said, like, debilitating pain, it's, it's really hard to do anything. And so one night when I was on my period and I just finally got into bed, I had gone to the toilet and I'd come back to the bed all, you know, walking hunched over, like slow as an inch 20 worm. minutes later. No, literally, like, you know, pulling the covers back, like, I will get the covers back. Getting in, like bending down and laying down and then pulling the covers over me. And I was like, oh, sweet. A half an hour later, I made it. Sweet relief. I've made it. I'm in the bed. I got the heating pad. I'm going to sleep now. My cute little baby kitty was just a little, cute little baby. And I just gotten her and she was like learning to go to the bathroom in her litter box. And after she pooed, she would always get poop stuck in her like butt fur. And so. Butt fur. <laughs> Can that be like a new name brand of something? Butt fur. <laughs> yeah, and her butt fur. And <laughs> yeah, her butt fur. In the fur of her, of her behind. Butt. Okay. In her behind fur. Her behind region fur. Okay. Her butt fur. So she got poop stuck in her butt fur. Anyways, finally in the bed, comfortable. It took like an hour to get there, literally. No, it probably took like 20 minutes. And she jumps up. She's so cute. And she's so little. And she jumped up on the bed. And I smelled poop. And I was like, are you? No. Are you? No. Are you kidding me? And normally what I did was I just went to the bathroom and I had baby wipes and I just wiped it away with the baby wipe. And I was like, I don't know. There is no way on this earth that I'm leaving this bed unless I have to poop or pee. Because if I had to puke, I'm just going to puke in a little baggie by my side. So nothing is getting me out of this bed. So you know what I did? No. What did you do? Well, I did what I had to do, Brittany. So I wiped her poop butt fur on the blanket on the top because she was at the top and the blanket was up to my chin. So I wiped it and then I folded the blanket over and then I slept. But the poop was like under a fold. Does that make sense? Like yes, I didn't it wasn't have in like, your face. <laughs> I didn't have poop in my face. It was like I wiped it and then I folded the blanket down. I'm like, I'll deal with that later. Yes. And I was like, oh, whatever. I this is some, this 
is a good project for three days from now. Did any of you have your own stories like that? Because I would love to hear. Oh, yes, we would. <laughs> and and no judgments, right? Because we've all done some things when we had literally zero ability to move. Yeah, I mean, when it hurts to be alive, there's no energy to make any effort like that. So now, before my period, I prepare every single thing that I can think of, all from experience. Baby wipes by the bed if I have to wipe the kitty's butts. Learned that one. <laughs> Water in the teapot, already on the stove, just waiting to be heated up. Tea bags in the teacups. Mm, what else? Oh, my puke basins. One by the bed, one in the toilet. Because I used to only have one, but then I realized I needed to buy two because when I was in the pain place, I could never manage to bring the puke bucket with me to the bathroom. And then to, when I went to like poo, and then I ended up throwing up on the floor. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to clean that up in three days. Better to just have two basins. <laughs> Better to have multiple puke buckets strategically placed all around the house. Fair. Uh, oh, I take the cap off the mouthwash because childproof is also endo-proof. Fair enough. <laughs> That's what I love when you're shaking like a leaf in a, what, in a tree that a kung fu panda's in. Oh, my. <laughs> she went there. Oh, things are really hard. Yes. Oh, and I put food in the freezer for when I'm done with my period and when I have to go to work in a couple days. And I'm obviously not going to be able to prepare any food. I prepare food for during my period in the fridge with little plastic wrap things on. So I just pull it out, pull off the plastic, put in the microwave. Like everything is so ridiculously easy. Zero effort. And also don't forget to plug your heating pad in or your electric blanket. Because oh. when you're laying down and you're like, oh, my heating pad and it's not there. It's horrible. Ooh. And you can also make sure you put the control to Netflix within arm's reach. So you don't have to lean over. Just reach your arm out. <laughs> Just push the button. These click. are all important, essential things that I'm sure you also have the same list of. <laughs> So yeah, just make everything as easy for yourself as possible. And of course, check before your period comes that you have toilet paper, pads, clean underwear. It's like packing for a trip, but a trip you don't want to take. <laughs> it's like packing for a trip where you go nowhere. Trip to hell. <laughs> Once the remote, the batteries died. And the, oh no! And I was like... Is this a joke? Am I actually in real hell right now? <laughs> now I always have like little spare batteries. <laughs> well, overprepared, but like I like it. <laughs> you, you can never be overprepared. You can never yeah. be overprepared. That's true. Okay, fair. <laughs> For your period, Brittany. I know. Never. That one time I forgot my heating pad and I had to borrow yours. I mean, I've learned my lesson. One at work, one at home. Now I don't forget. You can have a checklist on your fridge. Next to your checklist of your mantra. <laughs> All right, so many sticky note checklists now. I am strong. The pain will not break me. Plug in heating pad. <laughs> Feed cat for three days straight. <laughs> that's a big task. <laughs> so our next topic is one that's hard for some people, but hear me out. What if you just gave yourself permission to slow down? <gasps> I know. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. What if you just gave yourself the option to veg out? to chill, to relax, to not push yourself to the breaking point. No, I want to run around. I want to do everything that I normally I do. Know. I want to be busy. I want to be productive. I have a to-do list. I know, but also and I have also hmm? you're in physically incapacitating pain. Oh. So 
you can excuse yourself from having to achieve everything that you achieve normally. We know you're a high achiever. We know you work really hard. But you're allowed to have a day or two or three or seven where you can give yourself permission to relax. I know it sounds like a lot. So the key is not just relaxing. It's giving yourself permission to relax. It's not feeling guilty about needing to chill out because your body cannot keep up with what you want to do right now. You don't have to feel embarrassed or frustrated or shamed that your body needs some extra time. You have to look at it as a great opportunity to binge watch all your favorite shows (laughs) on Netflix. And cuddle your cat if you're Amy. (laughs) And lay in a very comfortable bed. Well, that's true because for me, I, I feel like one of the worst things about getting my period is that I have to slow down, but then this pressure to keep going and the obligations and the chores and life is go, go, go. And now my body's like, chugga, chugga, <laughs> it's not quite keeping on the tracks. <laughs> kind of off road it a little bit. There is a train that derailed. <laughs> well, it's true because it's like in your head, you're like, okay, I have to make the bed and then I have to do the dishes and then I have to go to work and then I have to deal with my kids and then I have to there's like so much pressure to keep up with those things because that's life that's part of life but feeling shame or embarrassment that you can't keep up on days when you literally can't walk you can't you don't have to feel that way ask yourself what would happen if you can't get to the dishes today and you let them pile up nothing (laughs) more dishes later that's it (laughs) in my apartment some cockroaches come out because it's really old (laughs) oh my i do not have cockroaches (laughs) yeah we have a roach problem but it's not my fault like it's um, an old building it it is but my cat loves them because then she'll yeah you never have to see them the cat just takes care of them for you (laughs) my cat loves when i don't do the dishes like i'll be doing the dishes she'll be like on my feet meow like meow can you stop that because if it's clean i like when they come out roaches won't come out But all that will happen is that some dishes will pile up. Yeah, it may be gross <laughs> no, or annoying, just, but the listener, like, if you, like, wow, Amy, no, you're weird. They're like imagining my apartment. They're like, her apartment is very clean and orderly. <laughs> like, let's let's get the record straight. Her apartment is so clean and orderly. Okay, I love dining. Except I love right it. after the period when sometimes it looks like a bomb went off. They were just, but the next like, day it's fine. They like walk in. There's like children's drawings <laughs> everywhere. Like dishes piled up. The cat is like stalking cockroaches. Like, oh my. <laughs> My, what has happened in here? But that's okay. Nothing will happen. There will just be more dishes later. I think one thing that's really hard to slow down is with your work obligations because obviously you have deadlines, you have expectations. They don't slow down. <laughs> so I know my own case, I try to get ahead of my work. Like I know when my period is more or less coming. I have a, on my calendar, my, my work personal calendar that only I see. I have red tide written across the whole week that in I, red that I, in red <laughs> that i think my period is coming so that will encompass like the lead up to menstruation which is all that brain fog and it will be the day of my period where can't even go to work and then the days after the, my period maybe two or three Recoup days time. where yeah where i can go to work but i'm really not at my best like it's really hard to walk around i have my executive assistant going to the coffee <laughs> machine for me so I don't know. I just look at my schedule. I'm like, okay, I have this big project due next week. So can I get it done ahead of time? And sometimes that means doing the project in the evening, in my off hours. But I do it so that when I get my period, I'm not feeling 
so much pressure. Like my work is done, but I'm, you know, I'm not like struggling to get my work done while I'm feeling horrible. I have brain fog. I can work at a slower pace because I've managed my responsibilities. You may not have a job where where you can do something like that. It's going to depend on everyone's job. I know when I was teaching, it was impossible because I had class at nine o'clock and I had class at 10 o'clock and I had a break at this time. And there was no way to get ahead of my work. Like my work was every day at 10 o'clock. I had English class. That job was a lot harder to be in. I'll be oh, yeah. <laughs> it was harder to be in that job than to be in the office job. But just trying to get ahead of what you can. And, and if people want to, like when if meetings come through and they're like, oh, let's schedule a meeting. And you look on your calendar and that day is blacked out and it's like the day of the red yeah. day. <laughs> then say something like, oh, I have a scheduling conflict that day. You don't have to tell them. Like, don't be like, oh, you know what? I Sorry, that day I'm going to be in That time's not the best for me. How about pain. this one? Yeah, you don't have to go into detail. I'm getting my period. <laughs> it's calming. And I'll be at home <laughs> smelling lemongrass from my diffuser. And, and crying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but with fluffy socks on in style, with a Himalayan salt lamp illuminating. Like, wow, that sounds great. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> But I try to make it bearable. But whenever you say that voice, it really does sound fun, fabulous and marvelous. Sounds so fancy. <laughs> wow. But trying to plan as much as your life around your period, but without feeling guilty about it. Like most people, if the meeting is not super urgent, they're they're not going to, like if you say, I'm sorry, I have a scheduling conflict. Can we do the meeting two days earlier or two days later? I mean, if they can't do it, they'll say like, no, we can't do it. It like has to be on this day. Like, okay, well, then you can try to deal with that. But, you know, most people will be accommodating if you're just unable. They don't know your schedule. You're going to be in a meeting with endometriosis. (laughs) For a long-standing, repeating meeting, okay? (laughs) You put your calendar, it's like frequency. I've had it booked for years, 16 of them. (laughs) Every four weeks on Thursday. (laughs) It was for quite a while. And also the prep involved really helps. Like, you know, you have to get toilet paper or you're running out or you want to get your groceries and you know your period's coming next week. Sometimes it's tough to do things out of the schedule or it's inconvenient, but getting things that you need now prevents you from needing them later and not being able to go get them. And I feel like the key, though, to this is not feeling that guilt for giving yourself extra time to do things or extra self-care. You don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel guilty for taking care of yourself because like we've said before, taking care of yourself when you have an illness like endo is a full-time job. So don't feel guilty to dedicate some of your time to your other full-time job. Oh, I just thought of something just popped in my head. There was a time about a year and a half ago when I had this best friend named Brittany. Who planned her wedding on the same day my period was going to How arrive, dare I? knowing <laughs> that my period was going to be coming according to the calendar in like five months from now on the day of her wedding. Yet she proceeded friend. forward with her wedding date. I know for one time in my life, I was more important than Amy. <laughs> <laughs> without keeping Red Dragon's schedule in mind. Okay, so I committed. I said yes. We talked about this in another episode, but I bought a ticket. I was a bridesmaid. I had a dress. And then dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I canceled 
It was in a different state, too. Two, two days before my two wedding. Two days before the – well, I had to get on an airplane. I yeah. had to fly – I mean, I had to fly across the country. It's already so hard to travel to Endo. I have to bring all my food. I have to bring a little oh, yeah. foam to sleep on because my body hurts if I don't sleep on a perfectly comfortable soft bed, <laughs> whatever. You know, so I have like a two suitcases. Like they're, they're like, Yeah, it's a big ordeal. You're only going up, ma'am. You're checking two bags. You're aware you're only going away for just one night. I'm like, just check <laughs> I need my them bags all. <laughs> and don't lose them or you will hear from a red dragon. He will singe your hair. Like, okay, are you threatening right. me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do what I say. Airport security. <laughs> like, red dragon, let me get on your back. But Fly away. She felt really bad about it. I mean- I cried when she emailed me, but I cried for two reasons. By the way, and we mentioned this last time, we emailed well, we she chatted each other. Me, yes. No, but because we chatted each other, we don't like yeah, yeah. call each other. We've yes. almost we've never called each other. No. We're Except not like the doctor said I'd end. Then I called yeah. her sobbing. Like, oh, and she's yeah. like, <laughs> I knew that. She's like, Is this an emergency? <laughs> yeah, I was like, What's happening? Accident? Why are you calling me? <laughs> Shouldn't you be calling nine one one? Yeah. <laughs> so the, to, Yeah, it's normal that we chat each other. It wasn't yeah. like a cold no, no, So no. moving on in a very caring, loving way. She wrote a beautiful email to me. I I canceled on going to Britney's wedding because I evaluated the situation. Mm -hmm. I really, I really thought I could do it. Like I really thought the wedding planning and everything. I got the dress. I bought my ticket. I really thought it's okay. I'm going to do this. Like it's okay. It's on the same day as my period coming. Like I'm going to do this. But my period was getting worse. It was getting progressively. It was really, really bad at this time. Yes, about six months before the surgery. So it was really bad. It was severe. It was severe. And I evaluated the situation like, what am I going to do across the country in a hotel room with all these happy people on her wedding? You know, I'm it's dying. Like, <laughs> it's not possible. Like, I won't even be able to stand up there. So I made a very hard decision to give myself permission to say, not to say I can't do this, but to say, I need to prioritize my self care. Mm-hmm. I need to prioritize my health. And it was a hard decision. So sometimes saying, giving yourself, you're just giving yourself permission for the prioritizing the self-care. I mean, you'll know in your gut. Like my whole head was like, no, go to the wedding. Like, don't miss it. She's your best friend. It's like one in a lifetime. Like you're going to miss her moment. But my gut was saying like, you can't. You can't. And I'll tell you what, when I, I was so scared and I compassionately emailed her. Okay. <laughs> I know. I made it sound so cold. It was not. It was, <laughs> like, it was not. And then I received her email. <laughs> it was and very, it was like, Brittany, I'm canceling. Dearest Bye. Brittany. <laughs> no. It was well thought out. She chose her words very And you carefully. know how I felt? I felt so freaking relieved. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so relieved. And I just laid in bed, throwing up, having my period diarrhea. Just like, oh, thank God I'm not at that wedding. Not because I didn't want to be, but because it wasn't physically possible. Well, now I've had excuse surgery. Go get married again. I know. And I said I picked I the wrong could... year. I should have gotten married this year, not last year. Jesus. <laughs> I've done Plan around wrong. my endo. Hello. I'm going to put on your calendar. I have been for three years. I should have known. <laughs> Our next idea is to have a post-period ritual. Oh, my. <laughs> they sounded Transylvanian or something that time. <laughs> Vampiric. I mean, well, all right, that's appropriate. (laughs) Well, it's nice to have some kind of ritual that you do, like something that you do when the pain ends. And this is something that you can look forward to during the pain. Not that during the pain you have many thoughts. But it's a little something to help you get you through if you have a second for a thought. (laughs) And it's kind of like something symbolic. 
Um, well, Brittany, why don't you talk about your ritual? My ritual. What you do? I like to take a nice, relaxing, like full-on bath. And some people are like, ew, baths. But I usually shower before my bath. But I get a nice bath bomb and I make a really nice bath and I read a book and I have some nice snack that I've prepared. And for me, it's like ritualistic because I'm washing away everything that happened in the past week. So it's like for me, taking that bath is my way of washing it all away and giving myself time to relax and be restored from that energy zapping experience. So that's what I do. What do you do? Pampered Brittany. Yeah, you know, my little, my monthly bath. I haven't Ooh. taken one this month and my period ended last week. I'm slacking. <laughs> oh my goodness. Get on board, Brittany. I know, I have to get on board with myself. Well, I don't do anything quite as refreshing as that. Well, you should. Yeah, my bathtub is, oh, that's fair. is scary. To be clear, my bathtub is not scary because it's not clean. It's just scary because... It's an my, old bathtub. Yeah, it's like yeah. in my apartment, it just, it, it freaks me out. So I don't use it. But no, I think what I do at my period is I do this like major cleaning marathon. And I don't know, for me, it's like the crippling pain comes and then I have like the going out of my skin pain. And then I have the like two days of can't get out of bed. Horrible pain. Yeah, like literally can't get out of bed, like completely still. And then basically after like three days, I mean, the whole apartment, especially in the kitchen, it just looks like like a a red dragon came tearing through. Yeah, it just it, it it looks like a tornado went through there because I haven't I've basically neglected everything and the kitchen is just full of dishes and you know the cat's litter box is like poor little kitty but the cat's litter box is like you know it needs to be cleaned and I have puke buckets and sometimes they still have puke in them that has been like drying up there for 2 days and I don't know Oh, this is so funny about my cat. So one time when I was puking in the bucket, she came over to keep me company because she's just so cute. But cats are very curious. If you ever had a cat, you know Curiosity that they are killed the cat. That's a real so phrase for a reason. <laughs> curious. And she was just a little baby kitten, and she she like jumped in the puke basin, and I was like, no, little baby kitty, no. And I pulled her out, but she already had puke on her little paws, and she ran away. I'm like, I'm not chasing you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I, I barely <laughs> scooped you. You weigh like two pounds and I barely lifted you out of the basin. So then she just started running all around the apartment the way that cats just like run everywhere and like jump all over the bed and under the bed and on the dresser. And she left little puke paw prints everywhere. Oh, what nice decor additives. <laughs> it was great. Like after that, after that, I was like, okay, do I need to hose down my apartment? That's a lot of cleanup. <laughs> Like, is it maybe the hose? Should I call my home insurance agent? And like, <laughs> Can they pay for this um, to be cleaned? <laughs> excuse me, do you have flood insurance? Because there's about to be a lot of water damage <laughs> <laughs> from me hosing down my cat's puke. I mean, what my a puke. solid post ritual. I mean, like, you purge your entire apartment of everything that's been touched by Red Dragon, including Suki's little baby paw prints of oh, Red Dragon oh, remnants. She's so, she's so cute. <laughs> Not when she was trailing puke over your bed. There was another time. <laughs> quick last story. There was another. There was another time when I was trying to feed her and I had wet food in a bowl and I and I just put it in the microwave for a second to not make it like ice cold and I was in a lot of pain and I was like shaking and I dropped the bowl and then glass and wet cat food went everywhere like seriously in every direction because I dropped the bowl and it shattered from like chest height or whatever. 
And of course, I just left it there because I'm not gonna. How are you gonna bend over? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I mean, I barely got to the kitchen from my bed. Hello, like I was on the verge of collapsing, but I did have to like really quickly get the cat because she wanted. You know, I dropped food, so she's like, "Oh, food!" But it was like all with the with glass shards. <laughs> yeah, and there was glass everywhere. Oh, it was it was literally that was one of the worst. And then I just like shut the door to the bedroom, and and we were inside of it, and I was like, "Okay, we we're, we're not leaving the bedroom till my period's over." Like. I can't clean that for like two more days. So I don't want you eating glass. So you're going to say little, <laughs> Sorry, little kitty. You're stuck in the bedroom with mommy. <laughs> but yeah, I when my period ends, it's like the whole house is in such disarray. disarray. Oh my Jinx. <laughs> I think we've experienced similar things. <laughs> so then I just go and I clean everything and I clean the toilet and I, I don't know, like I even dust. And yeah, it feels like it's this purge of all the pain and the trauma it's like okay everything is clean and orderly again feels whole again yeah and it's over and now this podcast is over (laughs) also like this podcast now you've heard of all of our ideas we would love to hear your ideas i'm sure you have a lot of really great things that you do around your period to help make it a little less horrific oh my (laughs) Hopefully that's the last time we'll have to hear that. <laughs> yes, because the episode is ending, Brittany. <laughs> but there's so many ideas out there and people do so many different things. Amy and I both do different things and maybe none of our ideas sound great to you, but maybe somebody else as well. And I feel like everybody should have something that they can really say like, okay, this is something I can look forward to when the worst time of the month is about to happen. Or even this is something that makes it more Just neutral. Just a little bit okay. Yeah, yeah. like less, like less... It's so scary Less and it's so, it's so, it's just, it's getting your period is terrifying. Like I'm terrified when I get my period. Like I'm terrified to go get it. I go get it at the <laughs> store. You go buy it. I go pick it up. I'm like, oh. who would want to purchase that? <laughs> oh I'm like, my. Oh, you've run out of periods in aisle four. It looks like I won't be getting mine Your this prescription month. is ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. But that's true. Just making it not as traumatizing even by a little bit can help a lot so thank you so much for listening today we are so happy that you listen to our podcast and we are so happy to hear from you when we see you on our instagram page which is at in 16 years of endo we are on in 16 years.com thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show we would love if you could leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you are listening to it would really help the show And we love reading what you say and what you think. See you next time.